Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts, and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference. For another episode of Showbot Science. This is your host, Nate. And today we are going to be talking about the brain. Studying the brain is no walk in the park, unless you're Mark Berman, who just happens to be our guest today. To hear more, stay tuned. Hey, Mark. This is Nate from Showbot Science. Hi, Nate. How are you doing? Good. So, Mark, could you introduce yourself? Yes. So, my name is Mark Berman. I am an assistant professor of psychology at the University of Chicago. Mark, how did you get interested in the brain and science? Well, I've always been really interested in why people do the things that they do. So that's why I got interested in psychology, because in psychology, we're trying to understand why people do the things they do. And I thought that was really, really interesting. And the brain kind of controls what we do, you know, why we do the things we do. So that seems like the right kind of organ to study, because it's so complicated, but it, it controls our behavior. And I guess I thought, too, that if we could really understand how the brain works, that we could help people a lot and we could make the world a lot better. So how do psychologists study the brain? Well, we study the brain in a few different ways. So one of the ways that we study the brain is actually by examining people's behavior to see how they act and how they behave. Another way that we study the brain is kind of more directly where we put people in this MRI machine and we can sort of measure their brain activity while they do different tasks. What are some diseases that can affect the brain? Well, there's a lot of different diseases. There's diseases like schizophrenia and depression and Parkinson's disease. So there's a lot of different diseases that can affect the brain. Mark, you've done some experiments about how nature affects the brain. So how can taking a walk in the park affect your brain? Yeah, so we think that taking a walk in the park is really good for your brain because a lot of parks, they're quiet. There's a lot of interesting things to look at. You don't have to be really careful about getting hit by a car or worried about bumping into people. Most parks in the city and stuff, they've got nice nature to look at. 
which we think is soothing for the brain. And also they don't have a lot of distracting kinds of stimulation or distracting things that would be hard for the brain to process. So, like, I'm just going to guess how you did this study. Okay. So you probably just told the people with depression that they should take a walk in the park and it would make them feel better. And then you probably just hid in the bushes at the park that they were going to and observed them with your notebooks and took notes. (laughs) That would be a fun study to do. That's not exactly how we did it, though. So how we did it was we brought people into our laboratory and we tested them on a bunch of different kind of these hard psychology tests. We gave them all these tests and we asked them a lot of questions. And then we gave them a GPS watch so that we could track where they were walking. And we gave them a map of the walk they were going to go on. And we sent them on the walk and we locked their cell phones. We took their cell phone so they couldn't talk on the cell phone. They had to actually go on our walk. And we tracked them with the GPS so that we knew that they were actually going on the walk and that they weren't just going to the coffee shop. And then when they came back to the lab, we gave them those same hard psychology tests again and asked them a bunch of questions. And then the same people came back to the lab a second time. And if they walked in the park the first week, they walked in the city environment the second week or vice versa. So everybody took both walks. We didn't tell them anything. We didn't say, we think this walk's going to be good for you. They didn't know that. We just said, here are these tests. You're going to take these tests, and then we're going to send you on two different walks. And when you come back from the walk, we're going to test you again. And it turns out that when they walked in the nature environment, they showed improvements on those tests. And they didn't show any improvements when they walked in the busy city environment. What if you're taking a walk in the park And then something terrible happens, like very loud, terrible music starts playing. Mm. That's a good question, Nate. If that happens, then I would say the walk in the park isn't going to be as good for you as if you could walk in the park while it's real nice and quiet. So we think it's important that when you're walking in the park that it's quiet, that it's safe, that it's comfortable, And then we think you'll get a lot of benefit from walking in the park. So also, we don't think you'll get a really big benefit walking in the park if you're playing video games or if you're talking on the phone. We think you have to be very kind of quiet and just engaged with the park. What if you can hear a little bit of talking? Would that still be okay? I think that would be okay. So... You know, we kind of think the best is if it's, you know, more quiet, but if there's a little bit of talking or if you can hear a little bit of car traffic, we think that's okay. As long as you can still focus on the park itself, you should be fine. Is there any diseases that can make a walk in the park less rewarding? Hmm. That's a good question. We don't think so. For example, we did a study with people who had clinical depression and we we were kind of thinking, well, we're not sure if the walk's going to be good because maybe if you've got, you know, depression and you're really sad 
and you're walking by yourself, maybe that's going to kind of make you feel more sad. But we actually found just the opposite, that people who had this really severe depression, they actually showed even stronger benefits to walking in the park. So we think everybody will benefit from walking in the park. We don't think it's just some people. We think all people are going to benefit from walking in the park. So what does nature do to your brain? Well, we think that it's placing the brain into a sort of rested state. It sort of relaxes your brain and doesn't make your brain work very hard. So that when you need a break, it's a really good way to take a break. What we also find is that watching TV, people think it's a break that's very restful, but it turns out it's not. Same with playing video games. So we think if you need to give your brain a break, you should interact with nature because there's a lot of elements in nature that can put the brain into a really, really relaxing state. Which one is better for the brain? Taking a walk in the park or trying to learn a new language when you're taking a break? Mm, I don't know which one's better. They're both really good, right? So there's lots of good things that we can do for our brains. So a lot of what we study in my lab is we study how different environments and how being in parks or being in nature is good for the brain. Learning a second language is good for the brain. Exercise is really good for the brain. Eating healthy foods is good for the brain. So we think you should do all those things. And the thing that we study to help the brain is how being in nature or being in parks is good for the brain. But they're all very good for the brain. The thing that I would think is if you're taking a break, a walk in the park would be the best. That's right. So after you had a long day at school, I would say it's a good idea to take a walk in the park before you start trying to do your homework. Or even if you had a park nearby at school, if you can play outside in that park, you know, in the middle of the school day, I think that will help you to learn better in the afternoon. That's the best advice I've heard for a long time. (laughs) I'm glad you think so, Nate. (laughs) Thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me on the show. It was my pleasure. There you have it, folks. The show about science is complete. Dad, you can shut the recording off. Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference.